At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook here in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R, and all of us on the network at VSIN Live. Back and ready to roll as the calendar flipped to August. We are refreshed, rejuvenated, and Pretty happy with our baseball picks as we return from vacation to three straight play of the day winners. Major League Baseball is going nuts. We got the uh, trade deadline, which comes your way here on uh, Tuesday, uh, the 2nd of August. Everyone waiting to see if Juan Soto will, in fact, be dealt from the Washington Nationals. And that news could break literally while we are on the air tonight. So we'll keep you up to date with anything should anything break in the wee hours of the night here. But the huge news in sports here on Monday, as the calendar did flip to August 1st, is that we found out the punishment for Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. Suspended six games, the first six games of the year, by Judge Sue Robinson, the independent arbiter that was assigned to this case by the NFL. And a lot of people are... I think understandably outraged. Um, I saw a lot of people do the whole comparison on Twitter, right? Everyone's always going to say, well, this person got suspended X amount of games for this. And Calvin Ridley bet $1,500 on football and he gets suspended for this. And Watson with the 25 allegations gets only six games. Yeah, I get it. There's a lot of reasons to be upset with what Deshaun Watson, and we have to say, allegedly did. He did settle a bunch of these lawsuits, and there has not been any criminal charges. So we do have to take it for a little, just just take a step back and just say allegedly. But I think there are some important details that you have to understand when it comes to this decision. And I felt that Albert Breer of um, you know the uh, MMQB did a tremendous job of detailing everything as he tweeted out earlier here on Monday that Judge Robinson's decision, and I'm reading from Albert Breer's Twitter account, wasn't based on the 24 lawsuits. It was based on five cases brought by the NFL. 
So yes, there are a lot more accusations against Watson, but Robinson's decision is based on the five cases the NFL presented her with. The NFL and NFLPA negotiated this process in 2020, and the league agreed to it in part because some owners, after so many missteps in discipline over the last decade, wanted the NFL to take a step back in that arena and, in essence, outsource some of it, end quote. Uh, This is something that we've talked about before, right? This is what the NFL agreed to in this new collective bargaining agreement. And it's highly unlikely that the NFL is going to appeal Judge Robinson's decision here. They do have three days, I believe it is, to appeal this process, but I can't imagine they do so because they're going to, if they appeal it, it's as if they are undermining the process that they put in place. And I just can't see that happening. I never thought that we were going to get that appeal from the NFL side. And I think if you're in Watson's camp, you're happy with six games. Because from all reports that we were reading, leading up until this decision day, Watson's camp was trying to work on a, a, a... somewhat compromised they were trying to settle and they were looking for something in the range of six to eight the nfl wanted 12 or more i thought maybe judge robinson would split the difference and call it 10 games the fact that she said six games i mean the watson camp's got to be doing backflips and the cleveland browns they have to be thrilled and i know it's 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 hard to talk about somebody that is being punished for sexual misconduct and put the term thrilled attached to that. And I apologize if that seems insensitive, but from a football competitive standpoint, the Cleveland Browns in their first four games of the uh, six games, excuse me, of the season are going to be favored in at least four of them, if not five of them. According to the DraftKings Sportsbook, week one, Browns minus one at the Panthers. Week two, minus four and a half against the Jets. Week three, minus four against the Steelers. Week four, minus four and a half at the Falcons. Week five, plus three at the char- against the Chargers. Week six, two and a half point favorites against the Patriots. While these numbers could change, and let me give you a quick update to see if we do have uh, change on any of these at least let's see Jets no nothing there nothing in the Falcons game nothing there nope no change as of right now so that means the Browns are favored in five of the six games that they will be without Deshaun Watson the fact that it's only those five the, the, only those six games with five winnable games They got to be just thankful. Every negative thought we had, and I, I say we as the collective we in the sports betting community, in the football community, anybody that thought negatively about the Cleveland Browns going into this season was all about the uncertainty of Deshaun Watson and how many games he would play. People thinking maybe he's out for the entire season. 
or he's out for 10 games or eight games. And then you start to look at the Browns' schedule, and you're like, all right, well, if it's eight games, all right, you got those first six that we talked about. Then they get Dennis, the Ravens, and the Bengals. That's eight games. And then they have a bye week, and already comes back after the bye, plays the remaining nine games of the season. And, all right, you feel okay about this team that if they survive through the first eight, maybe he can lead them into the playoffs. If he misses 10 games, now you're talking about games against, what, the Dolphins and the Bills, and no chance against the Bills without him. And then he comes back, and it's a tough game against the Bucs. Maybe it takes a while for him to get his feet underneath him, and this is just going to be a lost season for the Browns. Six games? Six games? I, I just don't think this affects Cleveland that much now. And you look at their odds to win, they actually improved. Super Bowl odds from 28-1 to 1 to 25-1. to 1. AFC championship odds from 14 to 1 to 12 to 1. AFC North odds from plus 275 to plus 230. Season win total at nine and a half. This is a playoff team. This is a playoff team, even without Deshaun Watson for the first six games of the season. And so the question I asked is Is there going to be any point during the season? that you could buy in on the Browns to get maybe a better number? And the answer is no. The numbers, as good as, it go- as, good as it's going to get now at plus 230 to win this division. Because as I mentioned before, favored in five of the first six games of the season. Now, could they lose these games? Absolutely. Could they lose week one to Baker Mayfield and the Panthers? Absolutely. Could they lose to the upstart Jets? Absolutely. Could they lose to the Steelers? Yes. The Falcons, probably not. That team's pretty bad. The Patriots, certainly. But let's just say this team is 3-3 and after six games. Still think there's a good possibility this team can win seven of their remaining games. Because after the six games, you have to look at them now and you have to think, well, let's see. Where would, where where are they going to be after those six games? What's the line going to be like on those games? At the Ravens, probably be a dog. Home to the Bengals could be very close. You know, depending on, you know, if they... How the Bengals are playing at that point. You give them the home field advantage. Close game. At the Dolphins, they could be favored. At the Bills, they'll be a dog. Home to the Bucks, yeah, it'll be a close, might be a small dog. I don't know how the Bucs are going to look by then. At the Texans, they're a favorite. At the Bengals, they'll be a dog. Home to the Ravens, they're probably favored. Home to the Saints, they're favored. At the Commanders, they're favored. At the Steelers, they might be favored. We just talked about those games where I think they could be favored. That's one, two, three, four, five, maybe six of those remaining games. Even if they go three and three, still think this is a playoff team. But there's a really good chance that this team does a lot better than three and three in the first six games 
without Deshaun Watson. So from a betting perspective, this news the Browns are happy about, I think Watson's happy about, and I think if you are a Cleveland Browns backer and you're looking at their win total, you're looking at their odds to make the playoffs, you're looking at maybe a flyer at plus 230 to win this division, those first six games, not going to be a very difficult stretch here for Cleveland. We will talk more about the Cleveland Browns and their outlook during those first six games. Ben Brown from PFF will join me coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of The Look Ahead is presented by Zing Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zin Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there have been times in life where I needed to make a change. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate Zin understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zin will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today, check out Zin Nicotine Pouches at Zin.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining me now as we continue the Cleveland Browns to Sean Watson conversation, Ben Brown from PFF joining me here on The Look Ahead. And Ben, you know, I, I said this before, I don't want to sound insensitive to obviously everything that's going on outside of football, 24, you know, cases, the settlements, the allegations, anything like that has nothing to do with what I'm about to say. Only six games? The Cleveland Browns have to be very happy with this outcome from Judge Sue Robinson. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. And to echo everything you said, of course, obviously, you know, full agreement on that. I think, you know, from my perspective, eight games was kind of where we thought, mm-hmm. um, you know, was was a pretty good middle ground, right? And I do think, you know, when more and more things started to come out over the past month and a half, two months sort of thing, I do think, you know, public sentiment kind of shifted to this, you know, season long type suspension is probably at least, you know, a possibility, right? So I do think, you know, going not even to the eight games, but getting down to six games, looking at, you know, the Cleveland Browns schedule over those first, you know, four games or whatever, especially, but then, you know, getting into it, like they have, this is, this is nothing but like an absolute win for them on the football field and kind of, it's kind of how it's set up for them, you know, from a, from a scheduling perspective, from the length of the suspension and from even the fact that, you know, Roger Goodell, uh, can potentially do some things to maybe extend the the suspension. But if they do that, uh, that's not really going to reflect positively on the NFL. And that is going to probably force uh, the, the decision to actually be delayed into the season, which would cause Deshaun Watts to actually be on the football field in week one. So I do think we're probably going to avoid that. And it is going to stick to six games. So definitely surprising. Uh, but I do think that, uh, yeah, it sets up really well for the Browns to potentially be uh, very much in contention when he's back for the AFC North. So let's take a look at those first six games. And according to the DraftKings Sportsbook, they are favored in five of them. They're a one-point favorite in week one at the Panthers, four-and-a-half in week two against the Jets, four-point favorites against the Steelers in week three, four-and-a-half in week four against the Falcons, then a three-point dog against the Chargers in week five, and a a two-and-a-half-point favorite in week six against the Patriots. Just going by the lines here, and just giving them wins, I know we can't do that. We don't want to assume, Ben. But just looking at what they're favored in, is 5-1 and one realistic in your mind for this team? Yeah, I mean, I do think if I was handicapping it right now, I would expect them to probably come out 4-2. and two. Uh, I do think they win their first four games, uh, probably lose to Los Angeles even at home. And then I do think, you know, Bill Belichick's going to have something up his sleeve to potentially squeeze out a victory as well so i do think four and two makes a lot of sense i do think the pittsburgh steelers game in week three on a short week is kind of the spot uh that could actually determine not necessarily the complete outlook for their entire season but i do think that's going to be the game that everyone kind of looks back on and is kind of the uh the the swinging point for after they actually get into the playoffs and actually challenge for the AFC north title or not so i do think winning that game as you know, four and a half point favorites at home against Pittsburgh on Thursday night football is a spot they they absolutely have to win. If they do four and two, five and one seems very likely. And I do think they are, you know, well within reason to actually win the AFC North if that actually plays out. So at plus two thirty, do you like those odds rather than anybody else in that division right now? So I'm still on board with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I do think that they are a team that uh has kind of had a lot of assumptions toward them this offseason, especially. And I do think that all of them have been basically negative, right? I do think, you know, when looking at the where the, you know, 2022 Super Bowl odds opened up back in February, they were the fourth shortest odds to win the Super Bowl. I didn't get like plus 1,200, plus 1,400 in that range. They've dropped to the 12th, uh, 12th shortest odds, plus 2,500, right around, you know, 3% change in implied probability. I think that's a bit overstated given the fact that they improved their offensive line, kind of their one weak spot. They're going to have another year of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. They probably have the best wide receiver unit 
in the NFL. Uh, and I think that if they get some more time with, you know, Joe Burrow behind a much stronger offensive line, uh, they still are a team to beat. So I like them to actually win the AFC North. And I do think that, you know, at 25 to one, they make a decent shot at, you know, potentially getting out of the AFC once again and winning that Lombardi trophy this year. So I'm a Bengals fan. Once again, it's been, you know, year three for me at this point, it paid off last year. I do think that running it back one more year, given the sentiment around that team, uh, is probably the best the best approach for the AFC North. They are grouped right now along with the likes of the Cleveland Browns, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll throw the Ravens in the mix as well as uh, and the Cowboys in in that group between twenty to one and twenty five to one. Looking at those six teams, would you favor the Bengals over the other five? I think I actually would, right? And I do think that you know. Comparison, you know, on the field sort of thing, Deshaun Watson versus Joe Burrow. I do think you're probably leaning in Deshaun Watson's direction. But outside of that, uh, Joe Burrow is by far the most proven quarterback already at the NFL level, I would say, has made the types of plays that win football games at the NFL level and has done nothing but win in his short career so far at both, you know, college football at LSU and NFL. So I like going with Joe Burrow. I like backing them. Uh, it's paid off so far. And I do think that they are, uh, you know, getting some slander for reasons that just aren't really all that justified right now. So I do think probably buying into that uh, is definitely the correct approach from my perspective. Well, the preseason begins this week. I mean, it's hard to believe that we are actually here. We have football coming up here on Thursday, the Hall of Fame game from Canton, the Raiders and the Jaguars. Uh, Any play on the first game here of the preseason in 2022? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we got it. We got to get the action when we can. I do. I do actually kind of like handicapping preseason. Obviously, it's you know completely different than going into the regular season or even you know futures bets those sorts of things. But there is an evaluation that you can do as far as what team or teams are actually going to be motivated, what they're trying to prove, what they're actually trying to showcase here uh, the first couple of weeks of the season. Bill Belichick, you know, obviously is the Josh McDaniels disciple. Neither one of those guys have performed all that well in the preseason against the spread. I do think that Doug Peterson's basically 500, but taking over a new football team, kind of trying to get Trevor Lawrence on the right track, breaking in Travis Etienne in the running game, breaking in a number of, you know, new wide receivers as well. I think we're going to see some extended, at least further extended down offensive playing time for that Jacksonville Jaguars offense uh, in comparison to the Las Vegas Raiders. So I like the Jaguars basically, uh, you know, straight up minus 110 uh, money line. I do think is definitely the best play to make here uh, opening round Thursday night football for that Hall of Fame game. And I do think that we're going to see, uh, you know, a few ex- explosive plays early on from the Jaguars and they probably jump out to an early lead uh, and then coast to an easy victory is kind of how uh, I'm handicapping this first matchup here we got. I don't hate that handicap at all. Uh, you know, I look at it, it's 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 true. Motivation in the preseason absolutely matters. And a team like the Jaguars with the new head coach is going to want to uh, perform. And yes, even though the Raiders do have a new head coach, a lot of the team is still the same there. So it's more about, you know, kind of evaluating a system rather than a culture like in Jacksonville where they are trying to really change the culture and flip it on its head there uh, with Trevor Lawrence and company. What are you looking for in the preseason, Ben, when it comes to any news that comes out of training camp or out of these preseason games that might affect your evaluation of these teams? Yeah, definitely. I do think there's, you know, obviously there's a lot of noise coming out right now. Who's playing over who, who's doing this, who's doing that. But I do think injuries uh, are kind of the one real thing you need to hone in on, especially ones that aren't necessarily flying under the radar, but maybe aren't necessarily going to move the needle 
move the needle from either like a spread or futures perspective. But I do think a prime example of that, Ryan Jensen in Tampa, obviously really good offensive lineman. And that's kind of been the one spot where Tom Brady has actually struggled, right? When teams actually can get pressure on him, uh, he's been much more mortal than what he's been basically in a clean pocket. So I do think if that that is at all, you know, carried on into the season, I do think that's maybe a reason to at least be less bullish on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers given the injury situation to Ryan Jensen, the fact that they could be allowing a lot more pressure to Tom Brady, who has not necessarily handled it in his three seasons with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ben, I appreciate the time and the conversation, and uh, I'm going to ride with you on the Jags on Thursday night as we kick off the 2022 football season. There we go. There we go. Thanks, Scott. Have a great show. There he is, Ben Brown from PFF. You check him out on Twitter at PFF underscore Ben Brown. And yeah, I can't believe the preseason actually begins this Thursday. Big news, obviously, in the NFL that the Sean Watson suspension, six games for the Cleveland Browns quarterback. The other big story in the sports world here on Monday as it carries over into Tuesday, the Major League Baseball trade deadline. What is the latest and how will it affect the futures market here in Major League Baseball? We'll talk about that next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. Today. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Baseball play of the day, three in a row since we've been back from vacation. Uh, hit a nice no-sweat winner once again today with the Mets laying uh, the run and a half going up against Patrick Corbin and the Nationals as uh, the Amazons took care of business, 7-3, the final score. There, in fact, uh, all the plays up on the VSIN Daily Best Bets page after uh, a couple of losses yesterday, 4-1 uh, and one on the card here on Monday, so we feel pretty good about that. The only loss was the over Seven and a half in the Padres and Rockies was hoping for a little late outburst from the Rockies going up against a uh, shorthanded Padres bullpen, but not to be the case. Well, speaking of the Padres, they made uh, one of the biggest splashes here at the Major League Baseball trade deadline. They acquired Josh Hader from the Brewers in exchange for their own all-star closer, right? Taylor Rogers. And so they exchange all-star closures. In fact, both Rogers and Hayter were number one and number two in saves this year in baseball. But there's obviously more that goes into this, but Hayter has been just one of the most, one of the more elite relievers in major league baseball. Yay had some hiccups, but overall this guy is just lights out. And so you look at the Padres now and their future outlook to win the division is not going to happen. They're not going to catch up to the Dodgers 
in the division right now. They're 12 games back, so we can just forget about that. In terms of a wild card, they're in great position right now. They are in possession of one of the three wild cards, and they're two games up on the Phillies for the second wild card, three games up on the Cardinals for just a wild card spot. And you look at their odds they're in the futures market right now to win the National League. The San Diego Padres are 9-1 to one to win the National League. If you think that the Padres will land Juan Soto by the time we get to Tuesday's deadline, this is the bet to make. The Padres are a finalist right now to get Juan Soto. He's the biggest prize available here at the deadline. Part of me thinks that he might not get traded at all because the Nationals don't technically have to. They still have him under control for two years. I mean, they could trade him in the offseason. They can trade him next deadline. The only reason why I believe the trade gets done now is because his value is never going to be higher than it is now. This is the time to get the most for him. And he homered off of Max Scherzer here in what could be his final game as a Washington National. And with a team like the Dodgers in in the running to get him, the Padres might be thinking, hey, I ain't going to let that happen. And so they might up the offer and pull the trigger and get Juan Soto. And if they do, this team now, with a lineup when healthy that looks, that, that has the three-headed monster of Tatis, Machado, and Soto, that lineup is one of the elite lineups in all of Major League Baseball. It, 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 just, it just, and then you continue to go through the lineup, right? When healthy, Hosmer, who, say what you will about Hosmer, he's been steady. Luke Voigt, who is capable of hitting it out of the ballpark anytime he steps up to the plate. Yurikson Profar, who at one point was one of the young studs in all of this game. This team is stacked. And with a, a rotation that's already one of the top rotations in baseball, and with Josh Hader now as their closer, nine to one to win the National League is a really good bet if you think this team gets Juan Soto, because if they do, that nine to one goes bye bye. People will be on the Padres if they acquire Juan Soto. And I think Juan Soto clearly changes the odds for any team that acquires him. The Dodgers right now, clearly the favorites at plus 170. They're the favorites to win the World Series with the Yankees at plus 360. The Dodgers get Juan Soto. Those odds even get smaller as people buy in on the Dodgers. The Cardinals were a team that was in the running and according to reports is now out of the running just because they are unlikely to sacrifice some of their young major league talent. Uh, Guys, you know, Dylan Carlson, Juan Yepes, maybe not, you know, Matt Libertore or some of their other top prospects 
The, the package is not good enough right now from all reports for the Cardinals, but maybe they up their package. Maybe the Nationals say, hey, all it's going to take is this player. And the Cardinals say, okay, we'll throw in Dylan Carlson. You got yourself a deal. And they get Juan Soto. Well, now the Cardinals not only look like a great bet to win the division at plus 180. And speaking of the division, I actually think even without a Juan Soto trade, the Cardinals, who are only three games back of the Brewers right now, I think the Brewers trading Josh Hader hurts them. You know, some people say that they got the the better package in return because you still got guys that can close. You do get Rodgers back, who is an all-star closer, and the, the prospects they got. And Okay, I understand it from that perspective, but you know, maybe this affects the team negatively. I don't know. Maybe guys don't like the idea of trading one of the elite closers in, in all of baseball and wondering what the future is going to look like for this team. Maybe the Cardinals are a play right now at plus 180. But if they get Juan Soto, they're absolutely a play. And they're also a play to win the National League. 18-1 to right now to win the National League. Rest of the trade uh, deadline moves that have been made so far, you know the Reds are in completely complete sale mode. Uh, Tommy Pham goes to the Red Sox. They already sent uh, um, Naquin to the um, to the Mets, and Luis Castillo goes to the Mariners. So they've just been in complete sell uh, mode, but we knew that already. Um, the Yankees had, in my opinion, the best deadline until a Juan Soto trade gets done. Yankees are the best team in Major League Baseball, and they got better. Brian Cashman, the Yankee general manager, did not have to sacrifice the top prospects in the Yankees organization and was able to acquire Scott Efros, who's a, a nice reliever for, from the Cubs, Andrew Benintendi, an all-star outfielder from the Royals, Frankie Montas, one of the top starting pitchers in this game, from the A's, and closer Lou Trevino from the A's. Without giving up their top prospects, the Yankees got a top-of-the-line rotation guy to plug into their rotation, a solid closer to put in the mix with Clay Holmes and Aroldis Chapman, and already an elite bullpen, an all-star outfielder, and another Solid relief pitcher. The Yankees had the best trade deadline of any team right now. Could that change? It will if somebody acquires Juan Soto. Speaking of those Cardinals, they do get starting pitching help, adding Jose Quintana to their rotation from the Pirates. Trade deadline is coming up here on Tuesday. And once the deadline is done, the market will change even more. And we will find out who are the best bets to make in the futures market, whether it's to win the division or to win the league or even to win the World Series. 
I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by our very own Jonathan Von Tobel, JBT, one of the many uh, contributors here at VSIM to our new college football betting guide, which is available right now exclusively to VSIN subscribers. We'll talk to JVT about his write ups coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Once again, hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college football guide. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare is out now start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams including team trends power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus our best season win totals, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VSIN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on vcin and one of the contributors to our great college football betting guide is our very own Jonathan Von Tobel. JVT uh, did the Mountain West for us here at vcin. And uh, JVT, how long have you been a, a Mountain West guy? Uh, well, a Mountain West guy, I guess. Uh, well, look, when you grow up in Las Vegas, you grow up on UNLV football, a storied tradition unlike any <laughs> other. Uh, my first college football game, I remember distinctly UNLV BYU. I think BYU won 56 to 3, if I remember correctly, out of old <laughs> Sam Boyd Stadium. Uh, so I've been, a, I guess I've been a Mountain West guy for a while. And then uh, coming up through media and whatnot, my first job uh, out in local radio at ESPN Las Vegas. So started covering the program and the conference uh, as a whole. So for a while. So uh, not a fan of a hundred to one flyer on UNLV to win the win the conference. Uh, no, no, but I will say this to give the Rebels some credit: they did go seven and five against the spread last year. Uh, they were actually a really good uh, cover team, 
and in some spots against really good programs. They went on the road against Fresno State. That was a one-score game that they ended up covering here at home at Allegiant Stadium against San Diego State last year. Uh, that was a one-score game as well. So there were some situations in, the, in which they were competing. And I think this year is kind of going to be along the same thread. I don't know if they're going to go over their win total because their schedule is brutal, and especially in that middle part. They're going to have a stretch where they take on Air Force, Notre Dame, Fresno State in like consecutive weeks. It's, it's going to be a really tough stretch. So but if you're talking about – go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, so in preparing for, in the uh, betting guide here, when you looked at this conference and you looked at each team, uh, what were some of the biggest factors that you took into consideration when evaluating these teams? Uh, it's, uh, you know, the obvious ones, right, returning starters. Like, for example, Fresno State, right? Fresno State not only has enough returning starters where they're going to be really good – they're a battle-tested bunch. If you remember last year, Fresno State goes to Oregon, 20-point underdog, covers wires to wire, almost actually wins the game. And then a week, at, two weeks later, they go to the Rose Bowl and upend UCLA, which was then number 13 after they beat LSU. Like, that's a group that has a vast majority of those guys back. And Jeff Tedford comes back to take control of the program after taking two years off due to health reasons. Like, that's something that you really like a lot. So that's not only returning starters, but it's a battle-tested group who perform really well in really big situations. So Fresno State, to me, best team in the conference, a lot going on for them, really like that team. And the other would be like a uh, an Air Force, right? They've got a lot of returning production, including eight guys back on offense and an offensive line, which is missing just one starter from last year, which was a Joe Moore Award finalist, Joe Moore being, of course, for the best offensive line in the country. That's a team that's got a lot of stuff coming back for them, too, and high-quality returning production for them and an easy schedule. So it, it's the obvious things, right? But I think it's also what that production did a season ago, which is going to be pretty important, which is what uh, rated highly for me. You know, to to extend that out really quickly, Boise State is another example. Boise State, I think, has about, if I remember correctly, like 15 guys coming back uh, as combined. But it was a really mediocre bunch last year. They only went 7-5. and five. The offense wasn't very good. Their quarterback's been there for a while, hasn't really shown any steps coming forward. That's a team while the production is back. I, I don't really rate that returning production, specifically on the offensive side, very highly. Big Jake Hayner guy? Yeah, I, it, I like Jake Hayner. I think when you look at this from the perspective of like what he's going to bring to the table, uh, this is going to be a really good offense. Last year, 4,096 yards, 33 touchdowns, 33.4 uh, points per game. He gets his top two pass catchers back, Jalen Cropper, Josh Kelly. Those two combined for over 1,600 yards and 14 touchdowns. And while his leading runner isn't back, the second leading rusher is Jordan Mims. He had 710 yards on the ground last year. And he gets a really good offensive line in front of him. Like Hayner, I think, humans and I were talking about this. You can make a really strong argument that he's one of the best quarterbacks on the West Coast, not even just, you know, for Fresno State in the Mountain West. I like what Hayner brings to the table quite a bit. And if you remember, you know, he forwarded with the transfer portal again, originally a Washington guy, went to the transfer portal in the offseason, forwarded with going back to Washington because Kalen DeBoer went there, his head coach from last year. Ended up staying. So, yeah, I'm a big Jake Hayner guy, and he really showed out in a lot of those games, specifically that upset I'm talking about in that Rose Bowl. Mm, 100 to 1 to win the Heisman. Any interest? No. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you got to have a little bit more clout, and they're going to be really good, but uh, he's not going to get enough national recognition. <laughs> These guys barely watch West Coast football. You know that. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of uh, a lot of East Coast bias. We know that, of course. Uh, while I have you, let's talk about the big news in the football world, because I know you're doing the football show now on Sundays. To Sean Watson, the suspension, JVT, is uh, going to be six games when you found out the news, any change in your opinion about how you want to bet play the Cleveland Browns at all? Not not necessarily. Um, 
I will say, and this has been a talking point, their first six games are very, very easy and manageable. Uh, there is very much a path for them to go four and two through the first six games. Um, and I, you know, I still think they're actually, if you're looking at it from that perspective, if we know it's going to be six games, I, I still think from an odd standpoint, like from like the roster might be the best in the AFC North. There still might be some value in betting them at you know plus two forty somewhere in that range, or that's right now to win that division. But I'll say this. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be six games. There was a lot of like, all right, cool, it's over. We know what's going on now, but we don't. Uh, the league can re- appeal within the next three days. And Ian Rappaport was on Pat McAfee's show. And if that's the case, he says that they're going to take it to court if the suspension gets longer. And we remember, you and I were talking about this off the air, uh, the year that Zeke Elliott got suspended and you know he fought it tooth and nail, his suspension didn't kick in until November that year i went back and found you know the uh, the article on that mm-hmm. so think about that like all of a sudden we could be looking at week one and watson's actually playing because the suspension gets stayed potentially so this isn't over by a long shot so while i would say if you're telling me now yes it's the first six games i'm kind of tempted by cleveland in terms of winning the division because i still think their roster as a whole is the best one in the afc north there's still too many unknowns to really look at this with any confidence you know i, I just i can't first of all i can't see the the this whole thing playing out where he actually plays in week one because of back and forth appeals and lawsuits. I, I just think the NFL, if they were to appeal this, it would look terrible for them because they're the ones that put in this process. They said there was so much backlash JVT over their disciplinary actions that they said, we're going to now establish this in the new CBA. We're going to have an independent disciplinary officer. This judge Sue Robinson be the one who handles this. The first case they get and give her, they're going to now appeal her decision? I can't see it. Right, but at the same time, you're right. They agreed to all that, but they also agreed to put in the system in which they appeal essentially to themselves, right? <laughs> so like, it's, it's not like they'd be breaking any rules. Uh, this was the entire process agreed upon. And look, the National Football League at the end of the day is going to do what it wants to do, uh, no matter what the backlash is going to be. And given the response to what happened today, and as Rapport and others have stated, uh, the league is gauging the public response to everything. Sure. I, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? I wouldn't really be surprised to see them step in because, look, it, despite the, regardless of the heinous acts and whatever transpired here, in four or five, six years from now, the NFL is such a self sustaining monster that no matter what they do in this situation, it's going to continue to thrive as long as civilization is around, you know? So if they take some backlash going back on their agreement here, uh, I think they deal with it three or four or five years down the road just fine, you know? Well, if he misses the six games, they're favored in five of their first six games. I think you're right when they could easily go four and two. And I think this is a playoff team regardless. By the way, too, and even deeper in those games, um, five out of the six ranked 15th or lower in rush defense DVOA. Four of them ranked 26th or lower. So, like, this is a, this is a schedule that sets up really nicely. It's a bunch of teams that couldn't stop the run last year, and quite a few of them didn't really add that much in terms of getting that much better. So, even if it's Jacoby Brissett, he's going to go out there, run the ball down their throats. He's not going to have to do that much. So, what you're saying is Nick Chubb in the first round of your fantasy draft? I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, JV, one final thing. Let me ask you. Uh, does Juan Soto get traded before tomorrow? That's what we're all waiting to find out. Dude, I mean, I would I would think so. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess you got the offseason to do it. But I'll tell you what, they got the report the other day that Otani wasn't getting dealt. Yep. And I threw I threw something at the wall. Ship him off, man. Like, trade the guy, get a lot of assets, burn the thing down. The Angels aren't doing anything. I'm an Angels fan, so 
Uh, I think it's time to punt on everything. Trade the entire team if you're getting prospects for it and start from scratch. I agree with you, man. Look, look, just like you get when it comes to like NBA trade deadline stuff, like me, I'm I'm staring at the screen. I'm so excited for this Major League Baseball trade yeah. deadline. We got hours left to see if Soto does get dealt. I think the Yankees made the best moves here at the deadline. Uh, I absolutely geek out on all this stuff, but I appreciate you joining us. Great work in the college wall betting guide, breaking down the Mountain West as well. And don't forget the pro football betting guy coming out in a few weeks. I got the AFC North and the AFC East. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, we'll definitely get you on to talk about those two divisions when the guide is out. He is Jonathan Von Toba. Catch him Monday through Friday hosting The Edge with our very own Matt Humans as well. And on Sundays doing the uh, doing the college, doing the football betting guide show as well. And don't forget our college football betting guide is available now. The only way to get your hands on it, be a VSIN all access subscriber. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare